Again, welcome everybody. Um, welcome to people that listen online. I got an email from our friend Vicki Tasman saying she appreciates us posting these things and it's a bit humbling actually how many people do listen and email us about that. So I always try to remember to say thank you online listeners and I hope you're blessed wherever you may be. We are, as David mentioned, of course, in the middle of middle endish of Sukkot, and so this morning I'd just like to give you some thoughts about Sukkot, some thoughts about what this season fosters, you know, which is contemplation, thoughts on um, revelation and knowledge and mysteries, and just having balance in that as we seek things out, things that are clear, clearly revealed, of course, and things that need to be sought out a little, and there needs to be balance in that, of course. We'll start with some easy stuff. I think we should start with just a re quick review of what Sukkot is for those who may be uh, unfamiliar with it. Of course, the festival of Sukkot and its observation is recorded in various places throughout Scripture. It is a festival that begins on the 15th day of the seventh lunar month of Tishrei. It is an eight-day festival. Um, the eighth day being called Shemini Atzeret, which is Monday. And then the last holiday of the High Holy Days is Simchat Torah, which is Tuesday. So we kind of capture both days with one service on Monday night, our Simchat Torah service, where we roll our Torah scroll back to the very beginning. And that's just kind of Sukkot and the end of Sukkot. The scripture reference for Sukkot, if you are listening, I will read it to you. It comes from Vaikra or Leviticus 23, verses 33 through 44. I will read those really quick, just so that for posterity's sake, we can have a scriptural basis for um, Sukkot. In the 23rd chapter of the book of Vaikra, um, in verse 33, it reads, Adonai said to Moshe, tell the people of Israel on the 15th day of the seventh month is the feast of Sukkot for seven days to Adonai. On the first day, there is to be a holy convocation. Don't do any kind of ordinary work. For seven days, you are to bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. On the eighth day, you are to have a holy convocation and bring any uh, offering made by fire to Adonai. It is a day of public assembly. Do not do any kind of ordinary work. These are the designated times of Adonai. You are to proclaim, proclaim as holy convocations and bring an offering made by fire to Adonai, a burnt offering, grain offering, sacrifice and drink offerings, each on its own day, besides the Shabbats of Adonai. Your gifts, all your vows, and all your voluntary offerings that you give to Adonai. But on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered the produce of the land, you are to observe the festival of Adonai. Uh, seven days, the first day is a complete rest, and the eighth day is a complete rest. So... Oh, on the first day, you are to take choice fruit, palm fronds, thick branches, and river willows, and celebrate in the presence of Adonai, your God, for seven days. You are to observe it as a feast, um, seven days a year. It is a permanent regulation, generation after genera generation after generation, for, uh, to keep it in the seventh month. And you are to live in Sukkot for seven days. Every citizen of Israel is to live in a sukkah, so that generation after generation you will know that I uh, made the people of Israel live in Sukkot when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am Adonai, your God. So Sukkot is the, uh, as we just read there, is a 
a festival of ingathering. And it is a season um, when all the produce of the land has been harvested, of course, the fruit of the trees and of the vineyards, and all the fruit of the soil, the, the grapes and the olives are brought in, and all the storehouses are filled, and the farmer can kick back and relax a little bit and enjoy uh, Sukkot, because it's kind of off of work till the next season. So our, our High Holy Day season is beginning to close, it, close up. It began with recognizing the new year, 5783, and Rosh Hashanah. It continued with the seriousness and sacredness of Yom Kippur. And then, of course, it ends with a season of joy. But it also can be a season of contemplation. I mean, building and sitting in one sukkah should foster some con contemplation, right? Thoughts about... Um, the meanings, various meanings of Sukkot and the Sukkah. I mean, there's the plain uh, commandments for it, which are easy to understand. But then we contemplate and think about uh, the Sukkah and how that's sort of related to us. Um, like Israel, the Sukkah demonstrates that we have to depend on God for provision concerning our basic needs. Even in her disobedience, Adonai still provided for Israel. Along with the great physical provision that we receive from our sovereign God, we receive spiritual provision also. And that can be evidenced by our understanding of the sukkah. Our bodies are, like Sukkot, are only temporary dwelling places, like the sukkah, and they're transient at best. Our bodies house our souls, um, which is your essence and the spirit of the man or the woman, uh, the, their character. And our souls are fed spiritually by God's word and the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. And our souls are renewed, becoming mindful of the Creator. And we should adjust our behavior to reflect as much. Because um, our bodies are temporary, much like the sukkah is temporary. And it will be back to dust from which we were created. Some helpful imagery of this um, I found in the book of 2 Peter, I would think that is a, a helpful passage and just beginning to think about uh, getting into the word and contemplating it. 2 Peter chapter 1 it is found in page 1521 in the complete Jewish Bible, or if you have a different version, you'll have to get way back there to the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Let's start right from the very beginning here. From Shimon Kepha, a slave and emissary of Yeshua the Messiah, to those who, through the righteousness of our God and of our deliverer, Yeshua the Messiah, have been given the same kind of trust as ours. May grace and shalom, peace, be yours in full measures as you come to a full knowledge of God and Yeshua our Lord. God's power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowing the one who called us to his own glory and goodness. By these he has given us valuable and superlatively great promises so that through them you might come to share in God's nature and escape the corruption which evil desires have brought you into this world. For this very reason, Try your hardest to furnish your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with perseverance, and perseverance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, 
and brotherly affection with love. For if you have these qualities in abundance, they keep you from being barren and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. Indeed, whoever lacks them is blind, so, so short-sighted that he forgets that his past sins have been washed away. Therefore, brothers, try even harder to make your being called and chosen a certainty. For if you keep doing this, you will never stumble. Thus, you will be generously supplied with everything you need to enter the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Deliverer, Yeshua the Messiah. Amen and amen to that. And so what I got out of this that I felt, felt helpful was when you, the things that you furnish your faith with there in verse 5, you furnish your faith with goodness and knowledge and self-control and perseverance. These are all good things that we should try to shore up. You should uh, shore up our goodness and show up our self-control. These are all things we should work on um, continually, and knowledge is one of them. Just uh, We have to work on knowledge and work on gaining knowledge and wisdom. I mean, certainly, it's almost like a disclaimer. Let me say that when it comes to gaining knowledge and gaining wisdom, that I think, and I believe most of us believe, that just the plain reading uh, the plain meaning of Scripture is sufficient for belief. It's sufficient for understanding the life, death, and resurrection of Yeshua, and it's sufficient for entrance into the kingdom. That's just the plain meaning of Scripture uh, will get you all of that. It's really not that complex or difficult, right? But we can also push a little further, though, and just try to um, get a little more wisdom. You know, a traditional Sukkot reading is the book of Kohelet, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is an interesting book. Um, uh, Solomon talks about how uh, futile it is to gain material possessions, how really it's um, ultimately it's, it's God and following his ways is the purpose of man. But there's some interesting and helpful advice in there about wisdom. So let's turn there, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. It's on page 1081 in the complete Jewish Bible, or Ecclesiastes chapter 7, and can be found, um, depending on what version you have, somewhere near the middle of your Bible. Chapter 7, page 1081. Uh, I'm going to begin reading in maybe verse 8. The end of something is better than its beginning, so the patient are better than the proud. Uh, don't be quick to get angry, for only fools nurse anger. Good stuff. Don't ask why the old days were better than now, because that is a foolish question. Wisdom is good, along with possessions, an advantage to all who see the sun. For wisdom is a shelter, and money is a shelter, but the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom keeps the one who has it alive. Consider the work of God, who can make straight what he has made crooked. When things are going well, enjoy yourself. But when things are going badly, consider that God made the one alongside the other so that people would learn nothing of their futures. In my pointless life, I've seen everything, from the righteous person perishing in his uprightness to the wicked one who lives a long life and keeps, doing, uh, keeps on doing wrong. So don't be overly righteous or overly wise. 
why should you disappoint yourself? Don't be overly wicked and don't be foolish. Why should you die before your time? Don't grasp just one of these rules. Take hold of the other one as well. For he who is in fear of God will live by both of them. To a wise man, wisdom is better protection than ten rulers in a city. For there isn't a righteous person on earth who does only good and never sins. And don't take seriously every word spoken, such as when you heard your servant talking badly of you, because often, as you yourself know, you have spoken badly of others. All this I have put to the test of wisdom. I said, I will acquire wisdom, but wisdom remained far away from me. That which exists is far away and deep, so deep that it can't be discovered. Now, there's great balance here that in, in this chapter. You see great uh, balance between, I mean, the way it ends, uh, or 20, verse 24, that which exists is, is far away and deep, so deep that it can't be discovered. Obviously, we try to gain wisdom, we try to gain knowledge. Ultimately, we know his ways are higher than our ways. We're never going to grasp um, real uh, deep truths that he holds, but um, still, um, it, wisdom and being wise and knowledge is something, uh, is a good thing to pursue. Verse 23, he says he, uh, he wanted to acquire wisdom. I said, I will acquire wisdom, but wisdom remained far away from me. The sages say this is that uh, shows wisdom, a person that is um, willing to say, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I don't completely understand that. That's a sign of wisdom. Um, it's the fool that thinks he knows everything. Uh, I mean, just consider the government, for example. They seem to have an answer for everything. And they feel so wise, but that's how you know who the fools are. Right? The fool thinks he knows everything. The wise man says, I tried for wisdom. I really haven't got it. At least there is that humility there. But there's balance here, right? Balance is... Uh, something that we should seek out. Balance is something embedded in creation. There's day and night and summer and winter. There's balance to everything. And there should be balance to our pursuit of wisdom. There are things, commandments that are clearly revealed, that are easy to read and understand. And then there's other things that sometimes we have to seek out. I think of a great example of that is the, um, the servants on the way to Emmaus the servants who had uh, left Jerusalem right after the resurrection, and they're leaving Jerusalem, and they're on their way to Emmaus, and they just can't believe what happened. You know, they're talking, they're very bothered, they're saddened, they're trying to understand. Um, they thought that Yeshua was going to reign as king and bring in the kingdom. Instead, he died and resurrected, and then he's missing from the tomb. So they're walking along, they're trying to figure out what happened, they're sad, and Yeshua comes to them, they don't recognize him, asks them, hey, What's going on? And they're like, have, where have you been? Don't you, haven't you heard? You know, I mean, everyone's talking about it. And so they talk about how, uh, um, you know, there was uh, Yeshua, the Messiah. He was a mighty prophet in uh, deed and word in the sight of the people. And, and talked, uh, the, the servants told him about the, the trial and, and the, all the beatings that he took and his uh, death and, and his missing from the tomb. And Yeshua goes on to really bring them revelation, bring them understanding, and like open their eyes. And, but that revelation and understanding wouldn't come if they wouldn't have been seeking for it. I mean, 
we seek revelation and we seek understanding, it may not come in the measure or the form we would like, right? We receive what we need, in a sense. But nothing ever comes if one is not seeking for it in the first place. If you just don't seek wisdom or understanding, you're not going to get it. If you do seek it, it, you have to have patience in knowing that uh, he'll reveal it to you in a way that's, uh, that you need, maybe not perhaps the way you'd like. We should seek higher things, and, but we should also be balanced. Um, these uh, seeking higher things is something that is uh, essentially, ironically, at the end of the day, they are unknowable and intangible things. And they're the things that often divide us that, uh, you know, these differences of opinion and interpretation, they uh, can deeply divide people. That's why there's many different uh, denominations and congregations out there is because the, the simple stuff, the revealed stuff, is easy for us to understand. It's when we get into thinking about it and interpreting it, that's when people begin to butt heads. And, um, you know, these differences can become deep and painful. And so we have to have balance when we talk about these things. The revealed... Um, those things that are clearly revealed in Scripture that are easy to understand, that's the foundation for our faith, which we launch off from. But when we get into exploring uh, uh, different, um, you know, different interpretations and understandings, I believe that pursuit is good, but we also need to be balanced that we don't let these things uh, divide us one from another, certainly. Um, there may be different explanations of all the things that we ponder, but we all certainly have the uh, obligation to heed Yeshua's commandments, and uh, that brings balance. You know, we, we take time to search out things and seek knowledge and seek wisdom, but we also balance that by expending our energy on accomplishing that which has been clearly revealed. And there is room for both. Proverbs 25.2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. So I, you know, let's uh, be inspired as we come out of this high holiday season to seek knowledge and wisdom and search out those mysteries. Let's uh, be resolute in our faith, knowing that we walk out the simple meaning of scriptures, the simple revealed um, revelations as Yeshua commanded us. And we can have a shalom, we can have peace, knowing that he works all things for the good, and although Messiah Yeshua tarries for a moment, his kingdom awaits us. Shabbat Shalom, Hag Sukkot Sameach, and Maranatha. May he come soon.